we, that is such an Eric thing to just turn it up and then let me sit there. Well, if it makes you feel better, I was staring at the screen all awkwardly too. Okay, <clears throat> let's do this official like. Um, this is my notes that I brought, by the way. Uh, my name is Eric. My name is Tess. And Tess, did you know in 1954, Coast Guards found the remains of the fishing vessel, the SS Bowstaff, off the coast of New Hampshire. After being lost at sea for nearly three months with barely any provisions, the public had feared the worst. With dread in their hearts, the members of the Coast Guard cracked open the door, bracing themselves for a gruesome sight, but were pleasantly surprised to see the crew singing shanties, hugging each other, and partaking in all manner of merriment. When the captain was asked how they had not only survived the ordeal, but had actually become closer as friends, he said, it's easy. We're all on the same team, y'all. Listening to the Fortnightly podcast where two librarian best friends discuss their loves, tales, and life lessons with the hope of brightening your day. We are officially back in the saddle, so to speak, right? Yeah, we are. We're back. Mm-hmm. Right. It's been a night. It's, yeah, th- we're back. <laughs> well, last, la- our last episode was like the first after, you know, close to a year. So who knew what that was? But now we've officially started. Uh, is two a trend now? I hope so. I hope so, brother. Oh, look at you. Are you drinking your tea? Damn, look at this. Uh, for uh, any audio listeners, we now post these episodes on YouTube. So if you want to take a look at my beautiful daughter, this is uh, a, <laughs> yeah, this is a long time ago. Look at this one here. Let me turn my mug slowly so that I uh, don't burn my fingers or ruin my laptop. Look at this. Look at that look she's giving the camera. Aww. She's like, that's my daddy. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Uh, for audio listeners, I'm holding a mug with my beautiful daughter on it. These are out-of-date photos. She's now an, a young young woman who now tells me, no, daddy, no. <laughs> oh, my. Mm. Got that phase, happy. Yeah, not in a bad way, but like kind of like, a, she'll, be like she'll say stuff like, uh, oh, I know what. We were in the car. And I was dancing to Frozen 2 soundtrack, as you do. And she told me, Daddy, stop dancing. Your dancing makes me angry. And I was like, <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. She's, I mean, very, uh, she's very, like, eloquent and expressive. Like, you know, she's, she gave you, she gave you uh, a direction. And then she gave you the reason why. Like, she's going to make a really great manager one day. <laughs> <laughs> she's well she does a really good because one thing I always not work on work her with but always focus on is like identifying the emotion so she's really good at like she, yeah. yeah she's been really uh, into minute to win it you remember that show I do remember that show yeah, yeah. she likes it because of all the like, silly games but then she'll so there was one episode where they were balancing did I sell this on the cast already or I so. No. Um, there was one where the game was you had a tongue depressor in your mouth and you had to balance like six dice on it, right? And she would look at me and she'll go, 
I'm feeling really nervous. Because <laughs> she was worried about the dice. Yeah, yeah. Well, at first she said, I'm feeling a little scared, right? Because, you know, because those feelings feel very, you know, they seem very similar. Yeah. And then I was yeah. like, do you feel scared? It doesn't seem that scary. And then she looked at the screen, looked at me, and she goes, I'm feeling really nervous. You know, she's so funny. I love that. You know, she can teach classes to some adults I know about. Yes. <laughs> What what are you feeling right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really feeling like you you say you're okay, but I feeling that you're not okay. Okay, you're saying you're angry, but are you really angry or are you disappointed? Or maybe you're frustrated. Mm -hmm. Let's really pinpoint it. Yeah, that's a really important life skill that she's learning very young. So way to way to be a good parent even well thank you I appreciate that even I have a hard time with that because there's been a few times I'll be driving home from work and a man would be talking to me like how was your day oh it was fine and I'm like I'm getting agitated and and maybe like short with her but short like Eric short which is not like <laughs> you know like I think I was being rude but not and what it was I got home and I realized I'm just tired of like this commute you know what I mean and not living in my house and staying with the friends uh, you know it was I was just tired of it and like when I realized it I like called her back I was like oh sorry if I was short with you but like this drive is killing me you know and it like it made me realize yeah. it you know yeah I do that I do it all of the time Brett will be like uh like what's up with you and I'm like I don't know <laughs> like I feel uneasy and I don't know why and he'll be like all right down talk to me what what's going on <laughs> <laughs> what color is your emotion? If your emotion was an animal, how would you describe that emotion that feeling? Wheel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Before we get into loves, I do have two quick updates. One, if we, oh, first, I completely forgot that lovely intro song provided by our good friend Guy Dudeman. Thanks, Guy. Hey, Dudeman. Um, he, um, also, if we do have any listeners that are subscribed to our podcast uh, channel or our feed, you probably have noticed uh, the episode from our other podcast, Same Peaks, y'all, showing up on it. Did you notice this, Tess? <laughs> yeah, that happened. It showed up <laughs> twice, right? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Can I tell you that I spent, I don't, don't feel guilty. This is a me thing. I did this. I spent all night working on it, sister. Oh, no. Oh. And at the end of the day, I considered it a success that I got at least the peaks in the peaks feed, even if I couldn't figure out how to get the peaks out of the team feed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And for people who don't know, Eric and I also do a podcast about the classic 90s television show Twin Peaks in which we, uh, we discuss the episodes. Um, uh, so if you want to get in on that... <laughs> subscribe to same peaks y'all yeah it's our um podcast where we talk about twin peaks exactly like you said uh, so consider that like a uh was a cross promotional accidental yeah. type situation you did it on purpose, it on purpose. it's fine i even had like someone from like the wordpress like tech support on chat like it was a whole thing and then i even had a moment i was like can i call tess and have her ask sarah to help us out because she, she <laughs> I was like, really, I was like, how am I going to figure this out? And, and part of it is so much time had passed since we recorded that like updates had happened to WordPress and I couldn't even figure out like how to switch podcast channels. Anyway, listeners, do not be confused. If you ever, you shouldn't see it anymore in the future now that I figured it out. But um, anyway, that's what that was. So um, also 
Uh, we're also now on YouTube. We record these and we put them on YouTube. So if you want to see mine and Tessa's smiling faces, um, you speaking can. Of, speaking of my face, like I feel like there's like this angelic glow coming. Hold on one second. You are. I just figured that was like the face of God that I saw coming through your. Yeah, what is going on over there? Oh, oh, oh. That better? Yeah, that. It, here, wait. It. No, no, it's worse. It's, it must be coming through like a crack in your, in your, um, your drapery, which sounds okay. like, which sounds like a euphemism, but no, I, I literally mean window drapes. <laughs> Excuse me, madam, I've noticed a crack in your drapery. <laughs> Here, well, I won't know till you step away, because I feel like you're holding it in place. Perfect. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Tess. Right. I noticed like, I noticed that light bloom and I didn't know what was happening. And I, I just figured you were like ascending, you know? Yeah, no, like I do have a halo above mm. my head. Um, but there was also like like you said, like the face of God coming in our way here. But we figured it out. And you got to see me climb on my couch and yeah. you got to see my leggings, which I didn't plan for anybody to see um so i'm feeling really great about myself and i'm mm. ready to go the inspirational quote are you ready the oh real quick before the quote i just wanted to mention this is where i was going with us being on youtube is that oh. um remember last week on our twin peaks podcast i read some soft i think you would agree soft erotic poetry featuring animal crossing characters from the video yeah. game animal crossing new horizons do you remember this I do remember that. How could I ever forget? If anyone is interested in viewing that, I did pull just that section of that podcast out so you don't have to go through Twin Peaks stuff. So it's just like a four minute clip of me reading um, <clears throat> soft, erotic, Animal Crossing poetry to my dear fr friend Tess. By the way, real quick, how'd I do? How was the poetry? It was amazing. Here, these snaps are for you. Brother. I should tell you there is an update about it is after reading it out loud I think it's done like I think it ends like it's There's, it's more that's yeah and like when I say soft I mean like it's really it's the sexual tension more than anything like it's it, like it ends before you get to the action and that's I right. think kind of, your imagination tell the rest of the story I like it yeah I yeah like I it. I thought about it I was like I don't know if I want to go any further um, um so since we're talking about Animal Crossing, Eric, did you know there's an Animal Crossing movie? I am aware of this. I was going to ask you if you knew about it. I just found out about it today, and I'm really excited to watch it. Have you seen it? I've watched, I think, about half of it with Freya on, like, YouTube. It's on there, and it's just yeah. a really sweet, it's just a sweet movie. Like, there's, like... It's just a cute little movie, you know? Oh, I'm so excited to see it. I love Animal Crossing. <laughs> there is one thing, though, too, um, and if anyone's a listener from last week, Animal Crossing was like our combined thing that we were loving last week, um, our last episode. But um, I will say heads up is that they, the animals talk. Like, they have voice actors. So, like, their oh. voices might not match the voices that you've got in your head. That's fine. Just roll with it, you know? So... I no no they talk like when blathers talks it's not the voice that i picture blathers having in my head you know if that makes a difference so. i see what you're saying i think i think i can uh i think i can i can feel i'm really excited okay now we're done with our updates what is our quote of the episode miss Tess? 
Our quote of the episode is a tweet from Karamo Brown. I know Twitter is not usually where I go to for inspirational content. Twitter can be kind of a crazy place. Um, but uh, do you know who Karamo Brown is? I don't know. Karamo Brown is a life coach and he uh, is most famous for being on the television show Queer Eye, which is a Netflix TV show. It's a reboot of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, which was a show in like, I wanna say the 90s or the early 2000s. And it was a show where there were five gay guys and um, they would come to a straight guy's apartment and they would basically give him some lessons in how to take care of himself and take care of his house and how to cook and how to, um, you know, uh, be more like culturally aware. And uh, it was a big deal at the time because there weren't a lot of openly gay people on television. And um, so the world has changed a lot, uh, but Netflix, yeah, which is good. For the world, um, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're getting there can be good yeah and um and so uh the world's a little different now but netflix decided to reboot this show and it's just called queer eye now it's a new set of guys five guys and they don't just um they don't just make over straight guys uh they they um they're heroes that's what they call the people whose lives they enter they're heroes um, can be men, women, gay, straight, trans, um, uh, uh, old, young, anything in between, and um, and they just help. They help these people. Uh, they they change these people's lives. It's so really. It's a really inspirational show. I think it seems funny. Like I always say, like the the trinity of wholesome content on Netflix is Queer Eye tidying up with Marie Kondo and the great British baking show which I think like a lot of people think queer eye really but it is it's just like super pure warm-hearted show about five guys who just want to make people's lives better and they help them in all kinds of ways well one of the guys on there is this guy Karamo and he is um He's kind of like what used to be the culture expert, but he's really a life coach. And he kind of, he gets in there and he gets into to the bottom of whatever it is that's really holding this person back from living like a, a really full life. And he, uh, and he helps them with that. And he does it in a variety of ways. Watch the show. It's a really good show. I think you'll like it no matter what your background is no matter what your opinions about gay people are, I think you should just give the show a shot. And I think you'll be really pleasantly surprised by how sweet it is. It's a really sweet show. I've watched There's a few- Hugging, a lot of hugging on the show. <laughs> when I talked, you cut out for a second. I'm trying to be better about not talking when you talk, but when I talked, you cut out and it sounded like a lot of flogging. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's a different type of show, sister. <laughs> no flogging, a lot of hugging. I point that out because when you watch it now in our kind of post-corona world and you see them hugging, you're like, no, please stop hugging. <laughs> Put on a mask. 
but they filmed all of this before that. Anyways, it's a good show. It's been on for years. And um, Karamo Brown, um, he says a lot of really profound things on his Twitter feed. And um, this one I thought was really good. He says, it's okay. Hey, friends. Hashtag hey, friends. It's okay to say to people in your life, I need you to love me a little louder today. Mm. It doesn't make you needy to ask some to express how they feel about you. Hashtag advice. And I really like that because I think you and I have said on this show before, like, you should tell people that you love them. You should tell, like, even if it's something stupid, like Nabisco, Nabisco make it a cracker you like, you should <laughs> like their cracker. But um, it's also okay to ask people how, how much they like you and to have people big up you. Cause I think, I think like if you're, I don't know. I, I think people feel hesitant to do that because they think it, oh, maybe they think it's self-centered or something, but some days you really just need to hear something nice about yourself and it's hard for it to come internally, but there's a lot of people who love you and they're probably very happy to tell you why they love you and to, to love you a little louder. And I just, I just really like the way he put that and um, I just thought it was a, a nice quote. I love that. It uh, actually makes me think of, um, so it makes me think of a conversation I've had not too long ago with my lovely wife, Amanda. So Amanda and I, uh, we've been married 13 years, I think, 14. It's anyway, we've been together for a while since 2003 and then married and whatnot. But anyway, we express love differently. I express it with hugs and my body and saying it and all that. And she, she does those things too, but she mostly expresses it by making sure that, for example, we have a new dentist when we move, right? And making sure my new job has good healthcare benefits, stuff that I don't really do. Like that's how she shows her love or making sure that our boxes are packed and all that fun stuff, making sure Freya's got a good school and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, and I've told her multiple times that like, or not multiple times, but we've had a conversation not too long ago about this where like sometimes I'm like, I think I just need some extra hugs, <laughs> you know? Like yeah. I think, and she's in a tough spot where she's at home typically with Freya all day and Freya's just using her as a jungle gym. So like when Freya's in bed, she's like, everyone <laughs> back off. And like we had a conversation where it's like, if that's something that you need, go ahead and let me know so that I can give that to you so that you're not just like, you know, off going through your own thing, you know, without that support, you know? Right. I remember one time I had to write a biography about myself for something like a presentation I was giving or a, a, a class I was going to be in or something. And I was just sitting there staring at this blank document. And I was like, I, I'm sure that I could come up with something good to say about myself, but it's really, really hard for me to say nice things about myself. And so uh, I was sharing this with our friend, Jill, our mutual friend, Jill. And uh, Jill was like, I'll do it. She was like, oh, you're this and you're that. And you've done this and you've done that. And I was like, Jill, will you write my bio for me? She was like, yeah, I will. And she wrote this like glowing little blurb about me. And I was like, wow, I feel like that person is really cool. And she was like, that person is you. <laughs> 
I am two, two things. One, I really miss working with Jill because she's amazing. And then two, it's like, I don't know. It's hard to tell because like when you change as a human, you don't really know, right? It's like, you don't know until you look back. But I think I've come, I don't want to say come a long way, like in a journey, but like I was talking to a coworker today who recorded an online story time, right? And okay. I was like, oh man, I'll have to check it out. She was like, please don't. She's like, I hate my voice. You know, I hate my voice and I think my, I have dead eyes and I don't like looking at myself. And I looked at her, I said, you know what? And I, I said this without any irony. I was like, I really love my voice. <laughs> and I was like, and you know what? I was like, Tess and I have started recording our podcast on YouTube and all that. And you know what? When we do that, I can't get enough of looking at myself. <laughs> and I don't know if that means I'm like a weird narcissist or what, but like, it's like, it's come like, I'm at the point where like, I don't cringe. Cause I think everyone cringes. Like they hear their voice recorded. Like, yeah. Now I'm at that point where I'm just like, Oh, cool. Oh, look, there I am. Look at my face. It's beautiful. And it's on the TV. <laughs> you know, it's so funny, you know, uh, great quote. Oh, you, thank you. Did you bring a bag of some loves with you? Let me find the button. Where is it? Here it is. Did you find some loves with you? I, I do have some loves. Oh. This is the stuff that we love. We love! This is the stuff that we love. We love it so much. This is the stuff that we love so much. Yeah! Who shares their love first, Miss Tess? Um, well, I was trying to think of last week. I think last week, technically, you went first, but then I hijacked your love because I, I also wanted to talk about Animal Crossing. So I guess I'll go this week, and if you need to hijack my love, go ahead, because I am going to talk about the Broadway musical Hamilton. <laughs> I have, I've heard of this Hamilton real quick. Have you seen it on Disney Plus? Okay, so this is, this is a sad story. Uh, oh no. Remember last week, well no, it's not a sad story. It's just like a, I don't know what kind of story it is. Remember last week we were talking about it, remember? Yeah. I don't know if it's that I, I didn't really read news stories that much, or I'm just, you're like, where is he going with this? Or, or I was distracted, but you know what I thought it was going to be on July 3rd? It was Hi. July 3rd, right? I yeah. thought it was going to be Hamilton the movie. Like, like picture like Les Mis, right? Like, like we're in the streets of Washington. Uh, and oh, you didn't realize it was a recording of the Broadway cast. I don't know how I thought that. I don't know what I was thinking. So, like, I'm like, oh, it's July 3rd. And, like, I was downstairs with Freya and... And I waited so I can watch it with Amanda and, and, and the Disney thing goes, da, 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 da. I'm like, oh, great. And then they're like, it's showing me a stage. And I was like, what the, oh, this is the, the recording of the show, which is amazing, but is entirely different. No, I thought there'd be like cameras zooming in and like slow motion bullets and you know what I mean? And I don't know. Like I just, it was not what I expected. Like, I don't know. And I have no reason to expect the things I expected. I made up a story in my head. So I started watching it and it was just like, I couldn't get around to it, but I will go back and watch it one day. Okay. You didn't watch it. I did see it, not to be like that guy, but I did see it with my mom live. So I wasn't like super pressed, but I do want to watch it. And I didn't see it with Lin-Manuel, you know, so. Um, I understand. I have never seen Hamilton staged. Um, it came, 
I didn't, I never got to see it on Broadway because Broadway is hella expensive. Let's be real. Um, and then it, there was a touring production that came through and I think that's when you went with your mom and, um, I didn't go then either. Cause, uh, honestly it was still pretty expensive. It wasn't, it wasn't hella expensive, but it was pretty expensive. And also, um, my beloved husband, uh, Brett, is not a big fan of musicals, and he was like, I'll take you, and I was like, that is gonna be torturous for you, like, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna be singing and dancing about American history, and I just don't think that's your jam, so, um, he was like, I'll take you if you really want to go, and I was like, it's really not that big a deal. I thought to myself, one day, this play will not be that big of a deal, at like 20 years from now and then the tickets will be really cheap but I'll still like it and I'll go to see it that's kind of how I feel about Adele you know the the singer songwriter Adele she came through and did a concert somewhat like within the past like five years or something and it was uh it was eight hundred dollars to go see her like if Brett and I were gonna go see her and I was like no that's not happening and I was like I'll wait until she's really old and like people her anymore and then I'll go see her and I'll be so happy so that's kind of what I thought I would do with Hamilton but then Lin-Manuel announced like by the way the original Broadway cast from the soundtrack that you all know and love we recorded that and you can see it and you'll be able to see all the choreography that you're missing and you'll be able to see up close close-ups of their heart-wrenched faces as they're like acting out the scenes. So much sweat dripping down oh, their faces so constantly. Sweat. Yeah, yeah. And I was so stoked and so I uh, I watched it. I've seen it. I watched it twice <laughs> and I was just really super impressed by it. Now you having already like experienced the play um there were things about it that like were a surprise to me mm -hmm. that wouldn't have been a surprise to you. Uh, the main one I'm thinking of is um, they sing the song Helpless, which is followed by the song Satisfied, which is a literal rewind. Like on the stage, they, they rewind <laughs> the stage and they play the whole scene again from Angelica's point of view, because the first one's from Eliza's point of view. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and they have a rotating stage too, so they can like literally rewind. A thing that, another scene that I think, cause I think the, one of my favorite things about Hamilton is that the story is contained in just the songs. Like if you just listen yeah. to it, it's not like you're missing like bits, bits of dialogue between there cause they don't yeah. really exist. Um, but another moment that struck me that you see, that you get if you see it as opposed to watching is in the, what is the song when it's like, they're like, you're never going to be president now. What is it like? The, yes. Oh, the Reynolds papers, right? Yes. In the show, in the play, like there's a scene where like Hamilton's in the middle and what is it like Burr and Adams and like all his enemies are like around him, like mocking him, like throwing these Reynolds papers in the air. And it's like, he has set this like digest, dejected look on his face. And it's just like, really powerful and I didn't get that through the music because I didn't know what was going on like there's a few right. scenes like that are like oh man you know yeah um the room where it happens is another scene where I was like whoa like because Hamilton I think really works in as uh like you know you said you pictured an actual movie with like bullets flying and stuff <laughs> I 
feel like Hamilton kind of works as just a like, look, they're on stage singing because as you say, the story is told through the songs. Like when it's the Battle of Yorktown, you don't actually see a battle. Like you just see uh, the Marquito Lafayette rapping about a battle. So um, I, I feel like it works. Um, but there are a few scenes where, like, the choreography is really impressive, and I felt like Room Where It Happens is another one, like, actually, every scene that Leslie Odom Jr. is in, like, kind of blew me away, like, he is super talented, and I think, like, to hear him sing on the soundtrack is, like, oh, okay, but, like, watching him act out the scenes was just really impressive to me, because I, I guess I, I always felt like Burr, it's like a really sympathetic character. I think you and I have talked about before mm -hmm. how like, you're Alexander Hamilton and I'm Aaron Burr. Like, or, <laughs> or we were at one point, but I don't know. I don't know if you're Burr anymore. And I don't know if I'm Hamilton, you know? Maybe, I mean, we change. We change as we go along. Maybe we're other founding fathers now. I don't know. But um, like just kind of seeing that like, almost like the opportunism that he engages in and the two-sidedness and, but also like how he validates that to himself. I thought all of that was really impressive because it kind of was this kind of like layered performance that you don't really get just listening to the music. And I love that. And just actually seeing all of the actors act out their parts was really actually emotional for me. Like, I found myself tearing up uh, at like, like there are, there are certain songs that always get me. Like it's quiet uptown always gets me. The finale always gets me, but there were other moments where I found myself tearing up and, and Brett did watch this with me, which is interesting. I woke up that morning. I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to go down and watch Hamilton. He was like, well, if you wait a few hours, I'll watch it with you. And I was like, okay and so he did watch it with me um and uh uh he put there were times he would look over at me and be like are you crying and I'm like yes yes I am crying and he's like why and I was like this is this is just a really compelling story and I just I really feel for them in this situation like uh the scene where Eliza burns the letters I don't know that just never really got me before and then I was like oh my it's so sad or when John Lawrence when he passes away um just like little moments by the way spoilers if you've never seen Hamilton <laughs> or the soundtrack I guess I should have said that or read a history book or <laughs> yeah, that's true spoilers for American history um but anyways I thought it was just a really fantastic performance also I was looking at the actress who plays Angelica who is phenomenal and I was like she looks really familiar and she plays Kelchrist Falconer on Altered Carbon. <laughs> Do you remember that TV show? Did she I watched the first season. I didn't watch the second one. I haven't gotten around yeah. to it. And she's in the first season. She's like the the head of the revolution. And Wait, um, you mean the head of the revolution. The revolution, yeah. <laughs> Um, she, uh, so there's, there's a sci-fi show. I feel like I may have talked about it on this podcast before. There's a sci-fi show called Altered Carbon, which is really cool. And that actress plays the leader of a revolution. She's like, she's like a total like badass fighting chick. And it's like a completely different role for her than like, uh, Angelica Schuyler. 
Um, but I was like, wow, that lady is super talented. <laughs> and also all the dual roles really impressed me because like there were some I was aware of, but I'll tell you, I didn't realize that Hercules Mulligan and James Madison were the same guy because he does like a completely different style for each of the characters and he is a really talented actor. They're all really talented actors. I really enjoyed seeing Hamilton. It was the stuff I was loving this past four. I was gonna say we should write them a letter because I don't think anyone's ever told them that they did a good job with that. I, I feel really bad actually. I know. <laughs> I feel like, Eric, this is sad, but I feel like it's, like, coming around, and now people are like, I actually don't really like Hamilton. Like, it's just that they're just telling, like, white history, and I'm not interested in it, and, like, uh, uh, you know, cancel Hamilton. Like, how dare they tell a story about someone who worked hard and went to college? I don't want to hear that. You know, I, I just feel like he's kind of, like, come around, but I still like Hamilton. I don't know. I guess I'm not woke enough. I think it's really cool. I think it's, I think it's really neat to see people of color playing Founding Fathers. I think it's neat that they used hip-hop to tell that story. I don't know. I don't want to cancel Hamilton. I want, I, I want all to watch it. <laughs> I'm going to borrow a phrase I learned from, I think, is it Jonathan? Is Jonathan the name of one of the guys from Queer Eye? Yeah. Yeah, where he says, I don't know if we have time to unpack all of that. <laughs> I will just say real quick is that I think it's perfectly fine to enjoy something. And I think that if you decide to like, and I'm using quotations for people to cancel a whole thing because of like one part of it that you're not really into, eh, that's your prerogative. I don't know if I agree with it. I would also say too that, um, where was I going with this? Something about Hamilton. I like lost it along the way. Oh, I, I wonder too, is like, I know we're in a different time, but there's always a period where something's really hot. And then it only takes one popular contrarian to say, actually, and then more people tend to go. I've, I saw it with uh, saw it with the Matrix. I saw it with Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. actually, Lord of the Rings is pretty terrible. Wait, we were all there opening day. What's going on? You know? <laughs> Uh, to to do another Jonathan quote, just because you American does not mean you American should. Ooh. <laughs> so Hamilton was the stuff I'm loving, for better or worse. I loved it. I thought it was really cool. Um, stuff I'm loving. Uh, oh, and I, we forgot to mention as a reason we talk about stuff we're loving, because when you're looking for stuff that you love, you're probably going to find things you love in, as opposed to just stuff that you hate. <laughs> such as uh, Hamilton, if you're looking for things to or, hate. Uh, yeah, stuff you want to cancel, whatever. Stuff you want to cancel. The, um, mm, we usually talk a lot about like things in entertainment, but uh, tomorrow I go to closing on my new house. That's the stuff I'm loving. Yay! Tell yeah. me about your house. Uh, well, I haven't been in it yet, so that's exciting. <laughs> so. Did, did Amanda buy this house without you? Well, what happened is, so like the timing, so so the timing of everything was that I needed to find a, so you kind of need a job before you can have a house, but you kind of want a place to live before you can have a job. So like everything just went really fast where Amanda and I had scouted out a couple different houses in different neighborhoods to kind of get the idea of the cost of different houses up in Northern Maryland. And um, when I got this, when I was offered my current job, she had an idea of what, based on if I got the job, like which houses we can put an offer on like that moment. So she went up, did a final walkthrough, 
said, Hey, are you fine with me placing an offer, you know, on our behalf on this house with our, our monies? And uh, she did. And so I've seen the outside of it, but I have not been inside of it. So tomorrow, uh, before we go to closing, we'll do our, our final walkthrough, which for me would be my first walkthrough, actually. Exciting. Yeah, so we'll walk through it, check it out, do closing stuff, and then over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, start moving stuff in, and then I'll I'll stop doing this, like staying at a friend's house and going down on the weekend while I'll be in one house. So um, I'm really excited about it. I don't see any reason why anything should go wrong, because everything's been accepted. We filled out all the stuff. Everything should be golden. Um, so finally getting everyone back under one house. Um, moved up north and also so that Freya can go to Maryland School for the Deaf, like we've been talking for, you know, three years, um, is the stuff I'm loving. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know how I'm a pro gamer now? <laughs> I heard that you're like, for audio listeners, she's just like guzzling that gamer fuel right now. And uh, yeah, oh man, she's wearing just like GameStop sweatbands and she's reading, uh, are you familiar with Ninja, that Twitch straight yeah you from uh yeah I know who Ninja is because I'm a <laughs> gamer. <laughs> did you hear about did you hear about all the stuff with Mixer getting shut down and then Ninja going from Mixer to YouTube streaming? Yeah, it's a big deal. Did you read his book? Get good. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read his book. I did read PewDiePie's book though. Does that make me a gamer? <sighs> I don't know what that makes you actually. <laughs> a, t- a, t- a teenager. <laughs> yeah read his book like you can put red in- <laughs> not to, i should not judge any pewdiepie fans out there i'm sure there's a lot of them i i, I you know what i cannot speak to what i do not know i i actually again i'm probably not really woke for saying this but i actually find pewdiepie really humorous and i i watch his videos and i i like when he plays minecraft and um he's not for everybody but uh he is for like over a hundred million subscribers so there's definitely people out there who like who like him <laughs> speaking of streamers what did i hear about um brett's boy doctor was it doctor disrespect or whatnot getting kicked off wow. Twitch? what is going on it's very mysterious oh, man, a lot of twitch stuff going on welcome to the gamer the twitch stream gamers, hour gamers so anyways, I have this joke that I'm a pro gamer because I started playing Animal Crossing and it's like... The, the most hardcore <laughs> of games, of course. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, but I've actually like really gotten into watching people play video games on YouTube. I'm giving a big thumbs up. Mm-hmm. This is like a whole uh, genre of itself. And um, there's a particular channel that I've really been enjoying. It's called Funhouse. Okay. Have you ever are, have you ever watched them? I haven't. I've watched other gaming streams, um, but I haven't watched any from Funhouse. No. Yeah, they. Um, so I think they do streams, but what I mostly watch are they do uh, like let's say they play GTA Five for like an hour, and then they they'll cut all of the entertaining parts oh. into like a fifteen minute video, and I'll watch that. Um, but they're uh, I think they're really entertaining. Uh, they're not politically correct all of the time. So if you're the kind of person who is like, Tess, Hamilton, really? You probably should not check out Funhouse. But it's, um, I think it's a cute channel. It's got um, 
uh, like a neat group of gamers who like to play a bunch of different games. Like I mentioned GTA, they do play that, but they play all kinds of games. In fact, like one of the things that they love to do are play quote unquote bad games. Like mm. they, um, they'll get demo discs from like, from like the early 2000s and play those games or um, they, uh, They'll, they'll go on Steam and just pick, like, a random game and be like, I've never heard of this game. We're playing it. And um, uh, and all of them kind of have different sensibilities. Like, some of them are better at, like, shoot-em-up games, and some of them are better at puzzle games. And and then they also do a whole uh, – they do board games, too. Like, That's they do cool. a, a whole series called Board is Health, and it's all board games that they play. And I think they've kind of been going through a hard time right now just because with COVID, um, they have to do all of their content from their homes, which you think would be, oh, that's really easy. Like, you're just playing games anyway. But I feel like they're kind of missing out on, like, the interactions that they have with each other. And so mm -hmm. I just like to support them and any other YouTube gamers that are kind of going through a weird time right now. I mean, honestly, we're all going through a weird time. So it's kind of nice to to watch and be like, oh yeah, I get it. Like you, you can't see your friends and you have to zoom anytime you want to see someone like we're doing right now. And um, but uh, Funhouse is the stuff I've been loving. I like sometimes I just go on there and just click on like whatever videos they have up and I I watch I watch their videos and I just think they're really funny. I think and during this time. I just need to laugh and I just need to like turn my brain off and just laugh at something that's just funny. And the, I feel like, again, in, in like the world that we're in right now, sometimes people are like, well, that's not funny and you can't joke about this or that or whatever. And I'm like, why, why can't we just laugh? Like, let's all just laugh. And so I would encourage you to find something, you the listener or viewer, to find something that you like to watch and just laugh. And the, something that I really like to just watch and laugh lately is the Funhouse channel on YouTube. And if you want to watch, Funhouse is spelled F-U-N-H-A-U-S. And you can watch them on YouTube. Well, I'm going to put a link to it in our show notes. I don't think That's, I need to put yeah, a link I, yeah. I was, I was going to say, I don't think I need to put a link for Hamilton. People probably know what that is, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe people have heard of that maybe. musical and the fact that it's now on Disney Plus, yeah. I would uh, say, too, if we're encouraging, because you know how we like to throw in lessons throughout this whole thing. Uh, if we're encouraging our listeners, uh, encourage, uh, I encourage our listeners to, if you're enjoying something, Try to imagine what it would be like to enjoy it in a vacuum without all of the world giving you input on it, you know? And that's not like a comment, like a judging on like Hamilton or whatnot, because I wasn't even aware of that. But like, I can see like, boy, right? You know, I didn't even know or, it had- Or PewDiePie, I think a lot of people don't like him for whatever reason, like maybe just enjoy the content and try to separate it from everything else in the world. I don't mm. know. I don't know, man. I don't know. You, you know what, Tess? I think the first step, 
is not knowing, right? And, and <laughs> saying that you don't know. Because the, the thing is, like, once you say you do know, like, I know this is right and I know this is wrong. And you, how dare, I'm pointing, oh, this is nice because now I can point to you and people see me point at you. How dare you watch that thing you enjoy? Because I said you shouldn't, right? Uh, we got real serious. Uh, my last stuff that we're loving is, um, you were talking about Cozy on Netflix. Um, have you watched The Babysitter's Club at all? I haven't, but I really want to. Tell me about it. So I will tell you that I have almost no, like, culture. I have no no knowledge of Babysitter's Club other than I know that they're books. And I know that they, like, started in the 80s. And I know that people were into them. Um, and then a friend of mine at work told me, go ahead and check it out. It's very sweet. And so without any knowledge of the books or the characters, and even now, like, if I was to try to describe it, it's basically about a, a group of middle schoolers that start a group called the Babysitter's Club, where they uh, start a business and watch kids, babysitters, and then they kind of learn life lessons and have cozy moments, and that's pretty much it. Um, I can't even remember their names, but um, it is a phenomenal show. It is such a good show at warming your heart that I only watch it when I'm not in a good mood. So, like, today I'm in a great mood. I'm not going to watch Babysitter's Club because I don't you know need it yeah <laughs> it is it is so good and there's just like it's hard to describe it but like this is i'll just tell you a moment near the very beginning that that gets me is like the main girl because i i'm still learning all their names and you know i have she is the the founder of the babysitter's club is that the one you're talking about what's her name christy christy yeah well i was gonna remind the listeners i do have partial facial facial blindness when it comes to women and that also extends to young teenagers as well apparently but um uh she's coming home and she finds her younger brother like in the bushes in front of the house and she's like what are you doing i don't remember his name what are you doing buddy and uh, he turns around and he sees Peta's pants and it's like i try to get in the house and i peed my pants i couldn't make it and he's like about to cry and she goes don't worry about it, buddy. We're going to get in the house. I'm going to change your pants. It's all okay. We don't even have the town anymore. And like from that moment on, I was like, oh my God, this is a me show. Like it's just good people. It's a show where it's good people doing good things. And sometimes there's miscommunication. Sometimes there might be fights between them, but guess what? They all love each other. It is perfectly fine. And there's like a lot of really, a lot of really sweet there's a lot of really sweet moments in the show. Uh, so a th stuff I'm loving is The Babysitter's Club on Netflix. It's the stuff I'm loving. It's a good one. Check it out. Can I ask you a question about the show? Yes, you may. Only okay. one, though. Okay, one question. So I read a lot of those books when I was a kid, and it doesn't surprise me that you didn't read them, because, again, like, I don't want to get into, like, gender studies or anything, but I feel like they were kind of, they appealed more to girls. Um, and, uh, but one of the things about the book that was so, uh, integral is the reason that they formed the babysitter's club is because Christy has a phone and and you can and you can call the phone and get a babysitter and that was a big deal in the 80s because not everyone no we weren't all just walking around on cell phones so is is this set in the 80s or like how do they how, 
Excellent question. So my friend Liesl that I work with, I've been talking with her to be like, so tell me about this. Because, for example, there's a scene near the end of the first episode where you kind of see them all sitting in a particular way with their hats and stuff. And you're like, is this the cover of one of the books? You know, like, is this a reference I'm not getting? And she was like, yeah, it is. So she's been telling me about like the references that I'm not really getting. So it's just perfectly fine. And it's a great show because it appeals to me who doesn't know. And if you do know, you're getting rewarded. The way they address that is they start with um, one of the girls, what's the girl who's from New York who's more like trendy? Oh. And sophisticated. I think that's Stacy. Stacy. So Stacy's like, so let's start getting on social media and we need to do this, we need to do that, we need to do this, right? And so then they're like, boy, this is really hard. How do we even get people to follow us? What are we going to do? And then was it Christy is the leader? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Christy, yeah, oh, so to answer your question, it's set in modern day, because social media, but Christy says, guys, I got a great idea. Why don't we just have them call us? So she finds like an old, remember those phones where it's like, it's, it's made of clear plastic, so you see all the parts of the phone. I think we all owned it in the, in the yeah. 90s. And yeah. she gets one of those, and so there's a whole scene where like they're plugging it in, and they're like, how do we know it even works? And they're like, we plug the cord in. I mean, it's doing its thing. And so to answer your question, there is a phone. And so they get around the why is there a phone is because they figured doing the social media thing would be too hard for the parents and all that. So they I, do have a phone. They still get phone calls and they still take jobs that way. Yeah, yeah. I have a question I, for you about yeah. babysitter stuff. Was yes. there, and this might be a minor spoiler for the show, was there a babysitter's agency, like a rival babysitter's club? Oh, yeah. Oh, I got to tell you, I don't want to judge anyone, but these <laughs> girls are no good. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, I do believe that was part of the books. Um, and I I also remember, like, when you were a young woman and you read these books, you usually gravitated towards one particular girl. And, like, you're like, I'm a Christy. I'm a Claudia. Now, I've I'm a Mary, Mary Sue, Mary Ann. Mary Ann. Yeah, and yeah. Casey. I think those were the core four. Is there one that you feel like you really do? So, and if you kind of describe her, I can tell you which one she is. Because I, I do know her name. Her name's Dawn. Dawn is the. Dawn. So okay, she you're is, done. minor spoiler <laughs> alert, she is the fifth member who joins the club. And she is so great. There's a scene where, like, someone is complaining about, like, uh, a a parent that they watch their kiddos of and she's like yeah and she like storms out and always leaves the house a mess and she's got three kids and she's going through this crazy divorce and don goes well that's really reductive reductive of you like she's probably going through a lot of stuff with these kids and her divorce and the judge are on this house and of course it causes a thing between her and christy because christy's got to be the boss and i was like i'm in love with you don Thank you, Don, for existing. You know, she's so great. And there's a moment too where she takes Mary Ann to like this, I don't know, like, because Don is from like San Francisco. So she's got like a lot of friends that do like these sharing circles and stuff, which, you know, I'm all about. And Mary Ann is there to, um, she, they bring her up up front and she gets too nervous to talk with everyone and she gets scared and runs away. And Don follows her and then Mary Ann's like, I'm so sorry. I'm just nervous. I'm sorry. I can't be normal and I can't do this. And I got scared and all that. And then Don goes, okay. She goes, aren't you mad at me? She goes, no, it's okay if you got upset. It's fine. It's so, and I'm just in here like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it is such a good show. I love it. Babysitter's fun. 
Yeah. I should tell listeners too, if you have any stuffs that you're loving, that could be in pop culture or anything in your life, uh, send them to us via email at sameteamyall at gmail.com, or you can send them to our Twitter feed at sameteamyall. We would love to hear what you are all loving. And Tess, I'm going to tell you right now, we're not hitting that sweet 45 minute to to 50 minute time spot. That's okay. I'm no judging. I'm just telling you, we set up, we set up a, a thing. Are you ready for some tales? From the library. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know if I should pretend to play the piano. Tales from the library. Tales from the library. Read some books. Read some books. We also have online resources. <laughs> it is a little weird because now that we're recording this, I never know what we're supposed to do during the segment music. <laughs> do other people have segment music? I don't know. Um, since you went first, I'll go first with my tale. How does that sound? Yes. Health in the library. This is a cozy one, and it ties in with hugs. Sweet. Do you, listeners, do you remember what hugs outside of your house, outside of your immediately immediate like family circle felt like? Right. Remember you just. Yeah. Do you remember the days before COVID nineteen? You would just walk up to a random person on the street and just hug them and stare at them in the face and just say. I love you like I love myself because your blood is in my blood. Remember when we used to do that all the time? Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, at my job, um, I started a new job with the Loudoun County Library System, and um, I've only been working there full-time for about a month, and everyone's been super friendly. It's been super warm and welcoming. Anyway, one of librarians' last day was on Tuesday, and I don't know how long she worked with everyone else, but you can tell everyone was really bummed. And uh, her name's Beth. And she's leaving the library to become a school librarian, something she's always wanted to do. And her last day, even though I've only worked with her for a little bit, I can, I've enjoyed working with her. And everyone, you can tell, was very emotional. And uh, she asked everyone, she goes, guys, is it okay if I break our rules and give you a hug before I leave? And so she gave like a couple different people hugs. And I had this moment where I was like, When's the last time I've seen like a hug? Not that we, I mean, I was joking earlier, not that we saw hugs all the time, but you would see them sometimes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You, know? you would see them sometimes. And like, I had this moment where I was like, look at these people hugging each other. And look at this, the, this staff that like, cause I've only worked there, you know, about a month, but like, you can sense like this level of like care that they had for one another that I will tell you is not, you might know this Tess, not a guarantee in every workplace environment. And the fact that I was witnessing this, and I, I'll tell you right now, like she barely knew me. So like, we didn't, we didn't hug, but I said, you know, I'll, I'll miss working with you and you know, all that stuff. And like, she hugged four or five different people and then said her goodbyes. And it was just like a really sweet moment of, of seeing that genuine, we will genuinely miss you. Not just like, oh man, we got to fill a, we need to now fill your job position, right? Um, yeah. You know, and they had given her um, like flowers and like cards and, and me and the children's team, the rest of the children's team gave her a special gift where we treated it like her first day at school. So like Jennifer, who's my new boss, went out to Target and we all pitched in and got her a book bag filled with, it was my idea, Lisa Frank folders <laughs> and, like, and like things for school. And so it's like, it just, it warmed my heart because it was a, a, like a moment that is not always not something you see in every work environment and not especially at the library, but 
it spoke a lot about these people and seeing people hug was uh was something really special so i wanted to share that with everyone that's really nice um i kind of don't have a tale from the life <laughs> well have you have you well quick question have you been working in the library have you had days where you've gone in yeah i've been working in the library for like the last like two or three months um I've been going in uh, at least once a week, usually twice a week to work in the branch. And um, right now we're just doing curbside and uh, we are set to open to the public on August 3rd, maybe, I don't know. We're tentative, we're discussing it, we're trying it like maybe early August. And I, um, uh, so I don't really have a whole lot to report. Um, That's okay if you don't, no judging trying to do virtual programs and um, trying to figure out what it's going to look like when we open to just like limited people in the building and really hoping that just everything goes well and um, that there isn't any like, I don't know, like nastiness. That well, it, it's, it's tough too, because I was talking to Amanda about this and like, it's tough because not only is it like a, we want everyone to be safe, staff and the public, but now like the option of like wearing a mask or also should your kids go to school or should schools be closed has become like a political discussion now where like if I wear a mask and I'm out in public and people aren't wearing a mask, um, I feel that like now they're like, oh, look at this guy. Who's this guy who wants to be protected from a deadly virus? Look at this guy. And it is really tough, you know? And, and, and like, I know that sounds real snarky, but it's tough where like even little things can be taken the wrong way or people can take offense to them, you know? Um, because of, to get on my soapbox again, because of the imagined stories that they've either been told or they've invented in their heads, you know? Um, but e even if they're invented, or imagined to them they feel as real as this table, you know? Um, so yeah. <laughs> right, so I just like anticipating that. And also um, I've just, uh, I've become real accustomed to staying in my house and not exposing myself to the outside world. And so I'm a little, I'm really nervous. I'm really nervous about like what it's gonna be like to go back to work like full time. Because like I said, I've been going in and working, but it's only been a couple days a week, and it's only been for a few hours, and then it, and, and it's only been like for this curbside service where we have very limited interactions with people, and now it's kind of going back to normal, but things aren't normal, and, and like you see, I feel like we're kind of having a, a bit of a surge in the country right now with, with the sickness, and um, I don't know, I feel feel very unsafe, but I also feel like maybe being at the library isn't that unsafe. Like, I don't want to feel unsafe doing my job. And so I've just kind of been in like a weird headspace, just kind of seeing, you know, how people in the world are reacting to things and wondering, like, how people are going to react to things in, in just our local community. And um, I don't know, it's just been a really weird time and I don't have like a specific story just because I feel like it's just day to day just kind of dealing with it. And that makes it sound really negative and I don't feel that way about it. I don't feel like it's negative. I just feel like it's strange, I guess. Well, 
real real quick before we get into the the meat of what you just said is i think that like our like in the past like we always talk about tales from the library because we're librarians so it's like us talking about things so sometimes they're heartwarming sometimes they're not sometimes they're anything in between i think it could be tales are open to interpretation like we can even just talk about like what we're feeling about in the library or ideas we have or memories this is like the free-for-all library zone you know but to go back to what you're saying feeling nervous about coming back to work and like not only like how things will work or how will people react but also for your, your own safety right i don't think that's that uh, i don't think that's that um uncommon that you know feel good because I I feel like I should be excited and I should and everyone around me like I feel like I have like a responsibility to kind of exude enthusiasm and like I I don't it's it's hard for me to reconcile like what's going on in here and what's going on out here <laughs> and what's going on out there I will tell you so for listeners to give you like the timeline like Atessa said her library is going to open to the public maybe like the beginning of August and the library I currently work at open to the public three or four weeks ago I will tell you leading up to that you can sense like the tension in the staff like it wasn't like don't think of it like everyone's like yeah we're excited woo let them in like there's a part of like people are excited this is just my experience what I've seen with other with my branch is that there, there's a part where people are excited to have things start to feel kind of like a normal thing people are coming in I help them check out I help them do this I don't help them do that anymore you know um but there is a level of of, I mean, I guess the right word is fear and worry, you know, like if let's say I got sick or if a man, not even, let's say one person at my branch got sick and we found out we got tested positive for Corona. Guess what? I mean, all joking aside, we all need to go back home and the branches closed down. So there's that level of it as well. And like everyone has their level of what they're comfortable with, right? Some people little, maybe, maybe, maybe put that mask on, but like some people like put the mask around their neck. That's not doing a single thing. Um, and it is kind of tough when you have some people, staff or public, just anyone, where they're very physically afraid for their own. They don't want to take stuff home. And like my mom's going to be 60 at the end of December. She's definitely diabetic. She's definitely in that danger zone. And like having that fear of taking stuff home, I think is totally legitimate. And I think you can be, be like, okay, I'm a little excited for things to be moving. But for me, I'm a very, at least when it comes to this stuff, at least when it comes to pandemics, a cautious person and say like, guys, let's slow your roll and let's decide what what is the most important thing right now you know yeah. and I, I think that's perfect and I'll tell you right now uh, if we have any librarians listening which you and I always talk about like how how much is this a library cast and how much is other people or if you have any thoughts on what what we're sharing is send us an email please because I would love to know if if you're a librarian if you guys have opened how things are going for you or, or how you're feeling because um, some people may still be uh, we at, at my branch, we still have staff members that are, well, you guys do too, for sure, that have been, you know, at home for four months, you know? Yeah. And I think, and personally, I feel like apprehensive because I, um, I have chronic migraines and I noticed <laughs> over the past few months when I haven't been going to work regularly that my pain has become less intense and less frequent. And it's been really nice. Yeah. And I'm concerned 
that going back to like a daily grind is going to bring back the like daily migraine and I'm not looking forward to that and I don't know maybe it won't maybe uh maybe I'll be okay but I I definitely have some apprehension about that as well um and also I just really feel for all of the moms mm. out there dads who are working from home while also parenting and teaching their children um I feel like I I, I don't have children, so, like, me staying at home and, uh, uh, has been nice. Like I said, like I said, I've been not feeling as much pain, and when I do feel pain, I can take my medicine and not worry, like, oh, it's gonna make me groggy, I better not take that before this meeting or whatever, like, I don't have any meetings, I'll just take my medicine, take a nap on the couch, and, like, wake up and I feel okay. Um, so I can't imagine, like, add on to that you have a child that like it, you, you need to supervise all the time. You can't just send them to daycare. You can't send them to school. You need to be responsible for them all day and also get your work done. A, um, a, a, yeah. thing, a thing I think a lot about is when I was in school, I really struggled. And those are during regular circumstances. I was talking to my friend, Stephanie, who I work with and we were talking, her daughter is, 15, I think 14, 14 or 15. And she said she had the hardest of times doing online classes. Cause now like the whole thing is, do you go in, you know, are they going to be open? Or are going to be open half the time and at home or what's going on? And there's a lot of, I'm not going to say one way is the right way. Cause I'm going to tell you right now, anyone making those decisions, I don't envy you. That's a tough job, you know? Um, and anyone saying they have the answer, <laughs> anyone, right. You don't, because <laughs> there are so many pros and cons to it. But she said her daughter struggled so hard to do online classes to the point that she was doing really well um, at school before and then like struggling to even pass them afterwards. And like, you know, like hopefully this isn't sharing too much, but like crying herself to sleep. And like, it was just like terrible, she said. And she's like, I know it's not the safest of things, but I want my daughter to be in school at least half of the time for her to be able to get some of that, you know? And it's like, I think about like school's tough, but man, a man, well, like you said, the parents, it's hard on this, on the kids. I mean, it's hard on the teachers, teachers, teachers have never done online teaching now have to figure it out. You know, it's, it's, hey, it's a difficult like, time. I thought about that for the library, you know, like uh, having to learn how to do virtual programs, but at the end of the day, if I don't do a virtual program, it's fine. But like, if you don't learn what you need to learn in order to go to the next grade, <laughs> that's actually a really big deal. And I think some of the kids are having like existential crises, like in sixth grade as they're sitting there thinking like, well, uh, if I didn't do anything for the past three months and I still passed my class, like, what does that mean? Like, does that mean that like I even need to try when I'm in school like what's the point <laughs> what it is is like the thing I think about is I think of like if society is like a big clock right that's supposed to run and there's all these gears and it runs and you go to this grade and then you go to this grade and you go to college and you get your job and oh by the way we use our money and we buy these things and you go to work which gives you money and you do this 
COVID like just threw sand in the, in the, in the watch and like none of it makes sense. Like it just topples down, you know, like it falls apart, which to me always has, it makes me go back to the beginning. Like, you know, like, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like these are, these are indicative of bigger problems within our society that existed before COVID, I would argue, but still, you know, um, but yeah, it's, it's tough, you know, and I, and I just try to keep, I don't know, keep that in mind is that like the level of stress that we may be holding and you know who know or one of our listeners might be like actually I'm feeling fine well congratulations you know that's awesome good for you but it does seep down to our our kiddos or young people in our lives and I'm actually super grateful more than once probably several times I've thought to myself I'm so grateful that Freya is only three and a half and although it stopped her preschool it wasn't the end of the world it's not like she can't get into the next preschool you know what I mean and like even another thing I'm most grateful for not even like the schooling and all that which I can't even imagine is that she doesn't know yet all she knows is when we go out we got to wear a mask you know and it keeps the germs out and then that's it you know have I told you this already that she always identifies with the germ and not the person have I told you about this no no okay so so the thing is we've talked with her before about you got to wash your hands and keep the germs away you got to wear your mask but when I do that she then pretends to be the germ and tries to like fly into my nose and my mouth. And she goes, I'm a cute little pink germ. Oh, I'm so cute. And so like whenever I tell her, she always identifies with the germ trying to like, cause I think cause it's tiny and cute. I don't know what she's thinking. And so, um, but like, that's all she knows. And I just think of like, if like, for example, your work, everyone, right? Not just to single you out, but you had mentioned you go to work. You're like, I hope I don't get sick. What are kids thinking, right? Um, what are teenagers yeah. thinking, you know? My, uh, my four-year-old nephew, um the other day it was it was the fourth of july uh was it last week or the week before i don't know it was fourth of july there's no way to know there's no way to know anymore i don't know but on the fourth of july we got a cake and the cake had a little american flag on it and he loves cake oh my gosh and he ate this cake it was all over his face he loved it and he said um he said now he's four so he doesn't understand that like holidays happen every year. Mm. And you know, so he was like, um, he was trying to ask me, uh, can we have cake again, basically? And, and the way he said it was, if there's an America next year, can we have another America cake? And what he meant to say was like, next yeah. year on the 4th of July, can we have another America cake? But I thought to myself like, wow. That's actually a really fair question, Austin. And um, yes, absolutely. If there's an America next year, we will have another America cake. <laughs> I'm like, he's four years old. He doesn't even know what he's asking. But it's like, like I it, it blew my mind just that little like statement out of his mouth. I don't know. It's just, the world is crazy. I've been trying to deal with it. And that's my tale from the library. <laughs> no, I think that's a good, I mean, our way of dealing with it, you and I have talked about it, is by doing this podcast. So we feel like we're doing something. Oh, this actually ties into my life lesson, which is coming up. So it oh, feels good. like we're doing something uh, to, I don't know, make the world a little bit better. Or even if it's just a way to make us feel better, then it's worth it. Like if there's, like, let's say the can like this is the end of the movie and we're like, no one else was around. Like, it's fine. Like it, it helped us out, you know? Uh, yeah. Let me just roll right into uh oh i have a look on my face <laughs> you do you look like the man who's learned a life lesson thank you thank you <laughs> did you learn a life lesson this week 
I did! That's great! Let's talk about it. Okay. I can't. <laughs> My voice is all off. <laughs> okay, let me bring this up. I actually have a quote that I want to read real quick. So, um, if we have any new listeners to the cast, or if you're just like a I don't know, a regular human being that doesn't obsess over like philosophers from the 1960s. Tess and I love the man, uh, Alan Watts was a philosopher. Um, I think he died in like the 70s. So um, he spoke a lot about um, kind of like bridging the gap and boiling down his big bullet points uh, uh, to just a single sentence is bridging the gap between like science and like uh, Zen thought for the most part. Uh, it speaks a lot about us being connected being a part of the universe and forgetting about it, that kind of thing. If you're interested in our show notes, I will put some books and oh, actually there's a lot of really nice clips of his audio um, from different lectures on YouTube where people usually put um, beautiful imagery and stuff um, behind it. Uh, he is a man who speaks such truths of the universe that humankind has not invented vocabulary to speak them yet. That's the, that's the best way I think of it. Like when I listen to his, and by the way, he's a very charismatic speaker. Like he's, f f I, I want to, I want to lick on his goatee. I love this man so much. Anyway, he is <laughs> phenomenal. Anyway, let me bring up this quote. So this is something, Tess will know this. So you guys may have known if we have any return listeners, or we've mentioned a few times, uh, we went on a mental health sabbatical for about a year. Uh, my boy, Alan Watts, was able to help me out. And this is, this is I'm just going to read this real quick. Let me bring this up. Okay, so this is um, one of the Alan Watts, uh, a, a quote. I don't know exactly what lecture this is from. I'm getting this from uh, ideapod.com. It's a podcast about where you just kind of get the, the gist of what a thing is about. And this is about Alan Watts. So if you go to ideapod.com and and uh, search. This says, uh, Alan Watts says, <clears throat> human beings are largely engaged in wasting enormous amounts of psychic energy and attempting to do things that are quite impossible. Uh, all sensible people therefore begin in life with two fundamental presuppositions, that you are going to improve the world and, or that you are, that you are going to improve the world and that you can improve yourself. You are just what you are. And once you have accepted that situation, you have an enormous amount of energy available to do things that can be done. And anybody else looking at you from the external point of view will say, my, my God, how much so-and-so has improved. Uh, the main thing I'm drawn to is, Tess, you probably know where this is coming from. Uh, you, here's the first truth here, he's dropping me, he pointed to me in my mind, you are not going to improve the world <laughs> and you are not going to improve yourself. Now that might sound very negative, but let's break this down real quick. Um, so I, the reason we took a mental health break is I was, thank you, look at you nodding, is I really thought that I was very concerned with our podcast not reaching enough people and frankly, not changing the things that Tess and I have a difficult time accepting about the world, right? And I think also to, to it, this isn't my main talk, but like to go back to not going to improve yourself, he's actually going back to a base point that we are already perfect. <laughs> no matter what the Nike commercial says, we're already perfect. That does not mean we can change aspects of our, that we can't change aspects of ourselves. We totally can, or we can still learn new things or learn new skills. But the idea of improving what is already perfect is impossible. That's what he's saying. When I spoke with my therapist, 
the way she explained it to me is you're already one color. So I'm the color blue. I can change what shade color blue I am, but I'll always be the color blue, if that makes sense to you guys. So Tess and I, we've often joked, probably for 50 something episodes, that the goal of the podcast is to bring about the second era of good feelings. And I realize now, I think what it is, is instead of rebelling against what the world is, right? Like, so we have, Tess and I, listeners, we have no control over like a group of people deciding to cancel Hamilton or the Dalai Lama (laughs) or Harry Potter or whatever your reasons are, right? But we can control over how we deal with those circumstances. And on a very small scale, even if we can't change the world, hopefully whoever's listening, that's why I don't know if you noticed, I tweaked our intro a little bit. Hopefully whoever is listening or watching, maybe you learn something or relate or have fun or anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? I figured like if the goal is just to brighten the day of our listeners, all we don't even know how many there are because it was a year ago. So I don't know if I still have the, the stat tracking app still activated. Um, but anyway, that's the life lesson I've learned is that instead of, and the thing is it's so tough too, because like I grew up, reading superman right superman if he wants to change the world he'll do it guess what he did it and he looked great doing it too batman oh man he got shot but guess what he was fine and then he stopped the bad guy you know he changed the world he did it and we're taught like from a very young age right and not to say that you can't but like not to you could be the next person who does this right you can do this right one day you'll be president well we've learned like even if you're president you're, you can't change it. You can't do it. Like you're still just one person. Even you're the most powerful person in the free world. Um, so my life lesson, if I'm to boil it down, is to, for me, if I'm talking to myself in the mirror, <laughs> the world, I know, right? The world is exactly as it is and it will continue being the way it is. And the only thing you can change is the way you let it affect you. So That's a really really good life lesson and I think I really really needed to hear that oh thank you and I'm I'm also glad that you addressed the reason for Mm -hmm. our hiatus um I think uh Eric you needed the hiatus more than I did I think I think you always had these really like high hopes for the podcast which you don't need to throw them out necessarily. You just need to adjust how you look at them. And I think I always saw the podcast as like a way to work on myself and a way to have a scheduled time to hang out with my friend because. And I think going forward, that's the way I'm going to view it too. Now I have been thinking about like, I don't know if you noticed, I've been tweeting more often lately and <laughs> And I, I, I've been experimenting with adding more content in our YouTube channel. Like, for example, I don't know if you saw, like, when I took that erotic animal, car, I added an official looking thumbnail on it and it had links in the thing. So I have been doing that, but like, I've, I've switched it around because I used to have this idea that like the cast will help cure the things in the world that I have a problem with, right? which we're (laughs) Jeff Goldblum moment. Like the world is us, right? Like in my head, the world is me and what I think is right or wrong. Just like, I don't know, people that may have different opinions, the world is them and they have their own ideas of what's right or wrong. So like someone could have an entirely different podcast, hoping to change the world for things that are entirely different from what I'm doing, right? 
Good news is neither one of us are going to succeed because it's impossible. If I think about the most influential people, and I've thought a lot about this, in the world, right? Let's say, let's just pick a person out of the world. Gandhi, right? Pretty influential, right? Guess what? We're still in this world. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like the most, the most, Nelson Mandela, right? They cause huge change, but the world is much bigger than any one person, you know? And I don't know. That's not to say like, if you have a cause, like a, a, a political cause that you really believe in, that does not mean that you do not believe in it or that you don't fight for it or that you don't try to make change. You can still do that. But just for me on a specific, be aware it's not going to happen from one podcast. And also just to go back to it, as far as that, you can still do that. And we say this multiple times in the cast, you can still do that and still be kind to the people who believe differently from you, you know? So, um, that's my life lesson. And I'll tell you right now. So going forward, the goal of the cast is Tess and I get to hang out and have fun. And we want our listeners to, uh, actually at the end of day, I would love our listeners to share with us, like we share with each other. Um, but to be able to get something out of this, whether it's uh, entertainment or, or anything. And uh, that's. Or even if you just got to, like I said, one of my goal for the podcast, one of them is just to hang out with my friend. Yeah. You're our friend and you're hanging out with us right now so if, if that's just the goal if you get that out of it like you know especially right now when we can't really hang out with our friends like yeah. you can hang out with us <laughs> you can hang out with us okay Tess can we reflect for a moment Alan Watts right I mean I've, I've spent a lot of time listening to him recently because now I've got a longer commute and he's just like he says things that I have this epiphany about the world and this is what happens this is why I discovered about the language because we know the world based on the words we've created to describe the world and he'll have this knowledge like oh my god and then by the time I get to work it's fallen out of my it's like water trying to cup the water in my hands and then the truth disappears and then I'm back to like in my regular state but like for a moment I knew I was a wave in the ocean, you know? Oh, so good. Um, are you I, was, oh. I was at Alan Watts the other day and uh, this quote really leaped out at me and I shared it on Facebook and nobody like, <laughs> nobody commented on it or anything. And I, I feel like- I would. Oh, Amanda told me about it, but I'm not really, you know, I'm, I'm like one space well, removed from Facebook. I feel like it's a it's a perfect encapsulation of your life lesson. Tell like, me. I, it, I, I can I can put it out there, but that doesn't necessarily mean anyone's gonna grab onto it. The most important thing was that it meant something to me and that it helped me in my life. And um it's uh it, it's uh here's the quote. Always when you get a certain feeling about things, examine the opposite possibility. And I was like, damn Ellen, what's Everyone needs to hear this. And guess what? People, not everyone is going to hear it from my Facebook page. I got three likes on it. Uh, <laughs> Did I give you a like? Was I one of uh, them? You didn't, man. Damn. It's okay. <laughs> okay. I, got four. I got four likes on it. Um, but that's okay. It, it is what it is. The world is what it is. And... And we've just got to make our way through it. Man, Alan, you're right. Alan Watts is like next level. He, he, like I said, he, he says truths that we are not able to comprehend yet. And I don't know what his secret is. You know, what is I it? Don't either. 
you know, if there ever was going to be a cult that I would have joined. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, he would have, all he would have had to do was just like say something to me, you know? He, um, <laughs> you were talking about expect, or what'd you say? Um, consider the opposite of what you think. Yeah. Have Bam you heard? possibility have you heard his lecture about and i've been listening to so many of them have you heard his lecture about what astronaut said when he saw god have you heard this yet oh god it's so good so he goes there's a there's a very old story you know <laughs> and you know how he does that thing and he goes <laughs> um astronaut came down from space and everyone goes uh how was space and he goes oh i saw god and they're all oh, that's amazing what did he look like and he goes she was a black woman <laughs> and like the idea of like it's at the time, like 1950s, like no one had said that. And it's like, consider the opposite. Everyone's thinking of this tall man with a big, beautiful white beard. It's like, consider maybe it's not exactly what you think it is, you know? And then he actually went into much more detail about like the idea of like, <laughs> the idea of like um, white and dark being the same of the, the same wavelength, right? You know, and like, the, they're just the same phases of different things. And like, I don't know, I, I can't speak his words, but like he's, He's a wonderful human being. You if know. you are a library user, and you might be if you listen to this podcast, um, and if you have, if your library has the Hoopla app, Hoopla, there are a lot of Alan Watts lectures on Hoopla uh, for you to enjoy audiobooks and and also vi visual if you want to see him giving his lectures. I would I would recommend them if you need some truth bombs dropped in your life. <laughs> He's such like a phenomenal. So, like, I can't even like describe him. Like I was trying to describe him to a friend. He was like, that sounds really cool. I was like, no man, you don't get it. You don't <laughs> get it. Like an apple tree apples, the earth peoples, man. <laughs> you don't get it. You know, that's like literally like he goes back to that all the time. You know, it's so good. Okay. Uh, are you ready for a positivity party test? Let's do it. Okay. Oh, oh I forgot how chill this positivity party is here. Wait. Can you hear it? I can't. Can you hear it at all? Yeah. I, I can, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is more like a positivity, uh, what's, what's a very chill word for a party? Do you know? No, I don't, it's just like a, where it's a happening, right? <laughs> like, that's what Alan Watts would be at, a happening in the <sighs> sixth that's what we're having right now. <laughs> you ever hear his, you probably have his quote about uh, like dancing, right? He's like, the point of the dance is the dance. You never dance to get to a specific spot. He goes, the point of the song isn't the last note. He goes, if it's the last note, everyone would line up and they just hear one final and give a round of applause. But somehow we think about life the same way. You know, he's, oh God, he's such an amazing human being. Maybe when we're done with this whole Twin Peaks business, you and I do like a Watts cast where we just like dive into it. Listeners, welcome to the Positivity Soiree. What's the word? Soiree, yeah. Yeah, just real chill. Um, this is where we uh, spend a moment thinking about something that we're grateful for and something that we love about ourselves. What's something you're grateful for, Tess? Um, something I'm grateful for. Let me pull up my notes here. <laughs> oh, um, I'm aware during this, uh, these troubling times of we're in that I am extremely lucky that I still have a job yep. even if I didn't go into my job like I still got paid by the library um, 
I mean, I was working from home, but I wasn't doing what I normally get paid to to do for work. And so you might think, oh, maybe they'll stop paying me. And I was really lucky that they didn't. And uh, I just, I feel very grateful for that because I know there's a lot of people hurting um, financially right now because they can't work because of what's going on and um, I will say I I was really grateful for that stimulus check that I received um, that was pretty cool <laughs> thanks government for that maybe another one I mean just you know if you can maybe you throw another one our way I don't know just a little idea for you um, but that's something I'm really grateful for is that um, I've been doing okay during this time uh, financially. Um, it could have easily gone in a really bad place, but I'm doing okay and I'm really grateful for that. What's something you're grateful for? Uh, mine's along the same lines. I'm just grateful that the timing of me receiving this new job and it not affecting our house of being able to buy this house um that it all worked out no no closing is tomorrow so <laughs> who knows what can happen between now and then but like like you said there's no guarantee that that i would have gotten this job at all or maybe because we pushed back closing we were originally going to go to closing in may but we pushed everything back because of just covid 19 and and we wanted to have i wanted to have some full paychecks for um the bank because that whole thing of like me buying a house and starting a new job and they're like are you <laughs> wink wink <laughs> so um we pushed everything back and we were very fortunate that the sellers are um, building their own house um I don't know, you know, when it's going to be built, but they were perfectly fine because that was less time that they needed to, uh, um, less time that they needed to rent. So that's something that I'm very thankful for. Listeners, take a moment and think and say out loud or however you want to do it, something that you are thankful for right now. This is actually chilling it down, right? I kind of <laughs> like it. I was, um, not to derail the positivity party, but you know, I've been thinking about different YouTube content, right? You know how I, I tried to do, if you go to our YouTube channel, it's the same team y'all, uh, you can look it up on YouTube. I think you need the apostrophe though, for some reason, um, between the Y and the A in y'all. Um, I was toying around with new content and one I had was uh, just an idea of that for 10 minutes, I just smiled into the camera. <laughs> I don't know, I might still do that. And like, just, I would picture Freya, like picture Freya in my mind and just send that love to them. Uh, and anyway, this, like us just kind of like, you know, zenning, like listening and just being silent I, made me think yeah. of that. Yeah. Uh, what's something you love about yourself, Tess? Something I love about myself is that um, uh, I suffered from severe anxiety and that's not something I love about myself, but something I do love about myself is I've been really trying to work on it um and i uh, i had a moment yesterday where i realized that i've been successful at least to a certain extent and that was uh my dog got sick my my beloved dog rosie was uh she had some kind of stomach sickness and she was throwing up oh no and, yeah and i um 
normally this would send me into a spiral <laughs> because I love that dog and I didn't know what to do. And I was just, I, I would have just gone like this. Um, but instead I said, you know what? I'm going to call the vet. I called the vet and they were like, we can't get you in until 1230. And I said, that's fine. Um, and I put her up in her crate so she could relax. And I just kind of checked on her every once in a while. And then when it came time for her vet appointment, I just took her. And, um, and I know that seems like such a stupid thing to like, like about yourself or feel good about yourself that you made a decision and you uh, followed through with it. But that's really hard for me. Like making a decision and following through with it are, are two things I really struggle with. And uh, so the fact that I just did it, like, like I, you know what? I think I should call the vet. I'm just gonna do, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna call the vet. And um, so it shows that like I, the, all the work that I've been trying to do on myself is actually helping. And that's You're something like about myself. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I don't think that's a dumb thing at all. And everyone reacts differently to different situations. I know at my worst, so for new listeners, I've struggled with depression my whole life. And I know at my worst, I would probably not even like recognize myself if I watched it. Like we're talking like, you know how you see like a toddler in the ground crying into a carpet, like, you know? And like, I know it sounds silly when you're like, well, that's ridiculous. But in the moment, like that, like, like you said, that that possibility of like having no decision, you know, or not being able to follow through was as real as anything, right? You know? No, I think that's a great one. Mine is- Thank you. That's A plus, Tess, A plus. Thank um, you. Here is, uh, so mine is really stupid. I was looking in the mirror and I was like, what's something that I like about myself? And I was like, I'm just like a solid man. Like not to be like, look at you. I know, I know. And if you want to see the solid man, uh, check out our YouTube channel. But like, I was just looking at myself in the mirror and it wasn't even like, oh, I'm a good looking man, which I think I am and all that. But like, I'm just like, my shoulders are broad. Like I'm just solid. Like even if, cause I am, you know, like most of Americans overweight, but even if I lost that weight, I would just be like broad of shoulders and like thick of arm, <laughs> you know? And like, I was like, you know what? I actually like that about myself because like, I used to always think of myself as like, oh, I'm the fat guy, right? I'm the fat kid and here it is, which, you know, that probably crops up sometimes. But like, I just had a moment where I was like, well, I would rather be me than not me. And like, I don't know, like I have moments where it's like, I don't know, like let's say someone was trying to like shove their way in a library, I'd just put my shoulder in the way, you know? They're not gonna no. get past me, you know? I know it's not Fat Story Friday, it's like uh, Fat Story Wednesday. Or I, I shared a Fat Story on Twitter today though. Fat Story oh. Every Day, yeah, yeah, Fat Story Every Day. Now, along those lines though, um, don't tell anyone, but I secretly like my tummy. Like, I know that it's I know that it's bigger than like it's supposed to be, but secretly I think it's cute. <laughs> Good. You know what? That actually makes me think of Freya. So Freya's like, she's only three and a half. So like when I'm like, where's your tummy? She sticks her belly all out. She's like, my tummy's all big, you know? And she'll drink like a ton of milk and her stomach's just like, swollen with like milk. Like you, and like, I'll put her on my shoulders. You can hear like the milk like sloshing around. <laughs> And she's like, I want her to never lose that. Like, don't, and I know there's going to come a time, right? Where she, she's going to be like, oh no, you know, and I need to look yeah. this way. But like, I don't want her, like somehow I want her to be like, no, it's fine, sister. It's fine. 
and like the thing is too is like as far as like people being like oh i should look this way or i should be that way i'm like i'm not immune to it either but no wonder any of us thinks that like if you turn the tv on at any moment right you know like i'm gonna say something crazy i don't think it's natural and when i say natural i mean like you're out in the wilderness living off of tree stuff to have crazy abs I'm, I'm telling you right now those are constructed like you are doing specific movements on that part of your body at all times and eating specific things and not eating specific things to look that way like you you are constructing a form of yourself that would not exist if it wasn't for what we found aesthetically pleasing or what we've been told taking a step back what we've been told should be aesthetically pleasing you know boy so much so i'm glad i brought all these soap boxes with me <laughs> <laughs> listeners, I know, listeners, please take a moment and ponder to yourself something that you love about yourself. <laughs> you, you see what I'm doing, right? This is going to be it was gonna be 10 minutes of this like me just staring like contently into their eyes would that work is that weird it's probably a little weird i feel like you know um i've been watching so much youtube lately like i know i talked i talked earlier about like fun house and the video games that i've been watching i've been watching so much youtube and there's like whole channels of people eating yeah um, and there's whole channels of people making noises like like they're like like they they have like acrylic nails and they tap it on something and people like to it's hear the uh, was it the ASMR right? Uh, yeah, I feel like you there might be a market for just staring and smiling gently into the. Into Can the I tell you? I might do it. I might do it. Start every morning with it. A live stream. Stare at me. Stare into my eyes. Um, can I tell you a secret about? Uh, well, should I share this? I will anyway. There are some <laughs> adult videos. <laughs> <laughs> that feature that that I, I think are very great as far as like a body positive type thing where you might have some uh, plus size women just eating food and not even like nude, just like wearing their clothes and eating food. And I'm like, I am so happy that this exists in the world. Like right now they're like just eating like Cheetos hanging out on the couch and it's like on like, let's say an adult stream. And I'm like, and there is someone loving this right now. And I am loving them for loving this. And I'm loving her for eating those Cheetos, you know? You know, Brett and I were watching a YouTube video earlier, big surprise. And there was a guy on there and Brett said something about him being attractive. And I said, is he attractive? And Brett was like, well, you know, he's like, more attractive than I am and I was like I don't know I was like everybody's got something I was like everybody is attractive to someone yeah. there you know so <laughs> I don't know I think Brett and I know I, by the way I've been working very hard to not sexualize your husband um, but I think your husband's a good-looking guy. There we go. That's a respectful way of saying it, right? I'm I'm biased, but I think he's really handsome. But you know, it's like you said. There, there's a story that we all tell ourselves as a society about what what is attractive and what isn't attractive. And the real story is that you know people are attracted to all kinds of things, and that's 
okay. Well, and at the end of the day, too, like the only two people in the whole world that it should matter, like who, like for me, like not to put it on Brett, like me, that I'm attracted, it should be, I should be, hopefully my wife is attracted to me and I should think I'm attractive. And that's all that matters, really. That's all that matters. Unless I am streaming an adult channel, then hopefully more people think I'm attractive or I'm not going to make that much money, you know? Bye um, for Aaron. Only fans account. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I should say, by the way, real quick, not to, just because we were talking about adult stuff, there's a lot of videos on YouTube, right, Tess? Mm -hmm. Like, as far as when we've been recording this, probably what, like 500,000? were uploaded while we recorded this, yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably like 500,000. If you Google the phrase, I don't know if this is something I should be proud of, probably not. Erotic Animal Crossing Poetry, YouTube, you will find that clip. I'm very proud of that because that means there aren't other ones on YouTube. I don't know what that means exactly, but you know, we did it. You know, the world the world is a richer place for yeah. it. I, and, yeah. and I will say that if anyone is interested, but they're like, I don't want to be grossed out. It's not gross. It's very it's sophisticated. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's very... Uh, friends, you've been listening to episode 54, I believe, of the Same Team Y'all podcast. Uh, my name's Eric. My name is Pat. If you would like to email us, that email is sameteamyall at gmail.com. We would love to hear your um, opinions are on any of these topics. Um, our Twitter handle is... At SameTeamYall. Yeah, that's right. And uh, once again, send us anything you like. We're sending love to you right now. You ready? Here's some love for you, baby and man, or men babies. Anyway, um, also we are on YouTube. Just look up Same Team Y'all on YouTube. Um, also, if you want to support us, please consider supporting us by sending um, thoughts of love and kindness our way. <laughs> please do, yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening. And as always, we love you. Not in a creepy way. Bye. Bye.